Blog Talk Radio. Listening to Pop Health Week on the Blog Talk Radio and affiliate networks. This special episode is brought to you by the Population Health Alliance, the industry standard in the space, celebrating its 16th annual gathering. So, no Johnny Come Lately is here, folks. Welcome, everyone. I'm Greg Masters, the producer and co host of the show. And joining me in the virtual studio is my colleague, Fred Goldstein, principal co host and co founder of Pop Health Week. Hey, Fred. Hey, Greg, how are you today? Doing well, and I hope you are too. And for those of you not familiar with Fred, he's a veteran healthcare executive and the president of Accountable Health LLC, a co-sponsor of this broadcast. Fred's experience spans hospital health system administration, general management of an HMO, the founder of Disease Management Company, and currently serves as the president of a population health management firm. Fred is a board member of the Population Health Alliance, also known as PHA, the go-to industry gathering for thought leaders in the space. As for yours truly, a seasoned healthcare executive, having provided leadership and consulting support for hospitals, health systems, capitated medical groups and host of managed care joint ventures i publish and principally author acowatch.com and spend most of my time captaining healthinnovationmedia.com and principally known on twitter as to health to guru uh, today we devote the entire show to a preview of the population health alliance 20 uh, forum 2015 scheduled for november 2nd through the 4th in the nation's capital, hosted at the downtown Renaissance Hotel. So with that up front, Fred, over to you. Help us get to know our guest today, Chris Selecki, PHA board chair, and Sean McNamee, PHA program chair. Thanks so much, Greg. And hello, Chris. How are you? I'm great, Fred. And you? Doing very well. How about you, Sean? Hi, Fred. Nice to be here. Fantastic. Well, great to get both of you on. Um, as a board member, I'm certainly excited and looking forward to this uh, program coming up November 2nd through 4th. Perhaps, Chris, you can give us some background on the Population Health Alliance, the organization. As Greg mentioned, it's been around for quite a long time, and uh, there are certain people out there who may not know about it. So could you give us a little background? Sure. Well, you might not recognize the name from a long time ago because we've been around for many years. We were founded uh, in 2009 as the Disease Management Association of America when disease management was the term that we used for what we now call population health, which um, I'm sure is, as all the listeners know, population health is really the evolution of disease management sort of upstream to deal with risk factors and wellness and prevention as well as chronic disease. So we've had a couple of different names, but we've been around for a long time and our members are very experienced in the field of population health management. And, and I think one of the benefits really of that long history as an organization is that our conference is really going to feature a lot of 
tried and true things that work and a lot of information about things that don't work because most of our members have been there and done that and really understand um, the framework that we use and what works and what doesn't. So it's it's important for, as you point out, for our audience to understand that the organization has been around for a long time. And not only has it been an organization for membership, um, but it's also an organization that has published and developed a lot of the framework and and sort of the base ground rules for how population health is done. Could you give us a little background on that, Chris, as well? Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the benefits of having a, a group like this, which is, by the way, a, a very sort of cross-functional organization. It's it's a trade, we call ourselves a trade association, but we have members that span really the whole spectrum of population health from people that are actually doing it, companies that are actually doing population health management, whether it's for employer groups or for uh, health plans or even government entities. We've got organizations that do things like um, provide analytics kinds of tools or health risk assessments or biometric screenings. There are lots of consultants, health plans, provider groups. So we've got a really nice cross-section of um, experience in population health management. And what we've done is really harnessed that experience and created several publications basically consensus publications using the experience of all of our organizations around things like how do you actually measure whether population health management works. And we've created a framework that talks about the various steps that you need to take in terms of identifying populations, assessing them, engaging them, developing customized interventions for them. So there are many different sort of pu publications or, or, you know, works of intellectual property, if you want to say, that will help our members and the industry as a whole really understand what the best practices are in population health and what, uh, what to do and what to stay away from, essentially. Yeah, I know that in my own work, I've referred to the Population Health Alliance's work and their publications for years, whether it's the outcomes guidelines or how to do obesity work in a primary care practice. So it really does cover the breadth and depth of things from an, everything from an employer type wellness program all the way over to chronic disease management or how you do it in different um, areas, such as in a provider practice versus potentially by a vendor or a health plan. So I, I've always been impressed and, and used the materials. And that sort of sets the framework for this conference that the organization has every year. And Sean is the chair of this conference. Can you talk a little bit about what you went through and how speakers are chosen? And then we could perhaps get into some of those speakers so people can understand uh, just how robust this event is. Sure, absolutely. And, you know, Chris has done a good job of, of sort of talking about the, the breadth of our organization um, and our organization's members. So we're we're trying to appeal to a, a, a broad spectrum of, of types of organizations, so whether they're provider groups or health plans or uh, population health service providers or consultants. So across kind of that spectrum, you know, we're looking for content both in our, in our keynote general sessions, in our educational sessions, uh, that has broad appeal to all segments of our industry, but then also inside of those segments, I think we're also, um, we've attempted and I think successfully to 
build out a program that has appeal for folks within organizations from the C-level um, down to, you know, the folks who are kind of in the trenches doing the work every day, um, appeal for people, whether they are, you know, uh, on the clinical side, whether they're on the strategy side, the sales and marketing side, operations, you know, so um, it's not easy to build a program that has broad appeal like that sort of horizontally and vertically, but I, at least at this point, I feel like we've really, we've been very successful at doing that. Yeah, I, I would agree. And as you look at this, the the program, and really the theme of this year's program, everybody talks about population health. I mean, that is such a buzzword in the industry. And I've been watching this ever-present Twitter feeds regarding how do you define it? What is it? And I think members of the organization, PHA, have been involved in it for many years and maybe have a little better sense of that. Can you talk some about the theme of this year's conference? Sure. The theme of the conference this year is Welcome to Health Population One. Um, and the idea there um, is... You know, when we when we talk about population health by definition, obviously you're talking about large groups of individuals, and that's who our membership is serving. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, and when you boil that down, you really are having to impact the individual. Um, and you can call that, you know, if some of us refer to or think about that individual as a member if you're a health plan. Some of us think about that individual as a patient if you're a provider group. Some of us might think about the individual as, a, as, a, as an employee um, if, you're a, if you're a large employer or, or a company that provides services to large employers. Um, but when all's said and done, we are talking about people and you've got to impact that, that one person at the end of the chain and you've got to impact a lot of them, but we can't lose focus on that individual um, and, and in a lot of ways, um, that individual is, is a consumer of our services. And so we're going to spend some time talking about kind of that evolution of all of those, all of those buckets of individuals, patients, members, employees, and how they really are all consumers at the end of the day of our services. It, it, it's very true. We, we move a population one person at a time. And you talked about these different views of a person, a patient view, a member view, a person view, a consumer view. How is the forum structured to kind of look at those different areas in terms of the programming? Well, I think when we, and, and we'll talk, uh, I'm sure here in a few minutes about the, the uh, our general keynote sessions, but um, you know, th those sessions are designed, you know, really to to be able to appeal to or to address the needs of, of all of those kind of um, groups of individuals. But when we look at our educational track and we, um, you know, as we do every year, we put out the call for proposals uh, for, um, for the educational track. And, and as we have every year, we got a, a phenomenal response and, and you know, our, our, our selection committee um, and Chris and I were both a part of that, had a very, very difficult job, um, you know, trying to sort through um, a lot of really, really good proposals. It was very difficult to say no to, to a lot that we just had to say no to because we didn't have the space. But what we're doing is we're, we are uh, collecting all of those educational proposals into three different tracks. Um, one track is designed for patients that are focused on the employee, 
another is designed for, in, uh, for presentations focused on the member, the plan member, and and then the third is focused on on the patient as the as that that population of one. So all of the educational uh, sessions um, in each of those tracks are going to have at least some connection to that individual at the end of the chain, uh, be it a patient, a member, or employee. And then, as I said in the in the general sessions, we're really looking to kind of be able to broaden it and to look across that spectrum at all three groups. Right. So before we get to the general sessions, within the tracks, these aren't theoretical type presentations per se. They're really set up so that somebody attending, I believe, could leave with with workable solutions to problems they might be facing? Yeah, I mean, they are designed absolutely to have people be able to leave with workable solutions, and, and that, that's part of the a, a big element of the criteria that we use to determine whether or not um, we were going to uh, accept a proposal. We had, as I said, we got, we got a lot of great proposals, and a lot of them were great um, people who had really, really good ideas um, and good theories that as we looked at it, we said, boy, that makes, that makes a lot of sense and it, would be, it might be very, very interesting, but they don't have the data yet to prove that it works or even that it doesn't work, right? So we're not, um, you know, we, as we went into the selection process, we said it, it's just as important as we're giving people really valuable um, uh, workable information that they can leave the, leave the room with and go back to their, go back to their jobs with it doesn't all necessarily have to be we've proven that something works. In some cases, it might be we've tried this and we can, we can prove that it didn't work. Um, and that's okay because that's, that's real, as you said, those are, those are workable solutions that people can take back. So um, that was a big focus of ours in selecting the educational sessions was um, show us the data um, that, that not necessarily that it, was, that it worked, but that you're coming away with some real information that people can take back to their to their uh, jobs. Yeah, I've, I've found in my probably this is probably about my 10th forum that that that's one of the key differences. It's not just people who are or, or talking about some idea they have or some new way to try to do something that they believe might work based on their theories. These are really presentations that are built upon programs or, or other things that have been done and that either work or as you say don't work so people can can learn from that and take home some action items you mentioned also the, the keynotes and obviously um, those are critically important we happen to be having this year's forum in DC uh, where the policy for healthcare comes out and about can you discuss the keynotes and a little bit about how DC itself might play into that um, yeah, I mean it's been it's been it's been great. Um, you know, our, our location, other than being a you know a, a very nice place to go, and and, and DC in the fall is is lovely, uh, and obviously lots of uh, really interesting things to see and do. But the, the proximity to the policymakers and, and 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 you know the folks who are impacting our industry every day has been great because, you know, frankly, sometimes it can be hard to get um, the, the, the policy folks to travel, right? Particularly if they work for, if they work for the federal government, they have a lot of restrictions on, on travel. We're not asking them to go very far. We're asking them to go down the street and that's worked out really, really well. So we have, um, we, we have it, it, uh, some 
very high-level uh, policymakers and folks um, in, in different uh, parts of the federal government. So, uh, for example, for example, Dr. Bill Rogers from uh, CMS is going to be one of our keynote speakers, and he's going to talk about, um, as, as probably most, if not all, of your listeners know, uh, this is the 50th anniversary of Medicare and Medicaid, um, and Dr. Rogers is going gonna, is gonna to give a great presentation talking about um, a, sort of a, a look back and a really entertaining look back at the history of Medicare and Medicaid, but then really, you know, more importantly for everyone is what's in the future. And so he's got some really, uh, really intriguing thoughts about where, uh, you know, payment models are going in the future, and then we have um, we're going to have a really great panel that's going to that's going to kind of flesh that out a little bit. Um, we have, um, you know, we talked about the consumer, and we have a a segment that's going to be dedicated to the consumer. And, and you know, as as there's a shift here from again from you know sort of the 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 paradigm from patient to consumer, and that evolution is very exciting and creates a lot of opportunities. Um, we have. Sam Glick, who is a partner with Oliver Wyman, uh, the very prestigious consulting firm. Sam is going to be talking about, I would say, you know, again, kind of the opportunities that are presented by this shift from, from patient to consumer, but along with the opportunities also comes some, um, you know, potentially some challenges and things that, that our members and other uh, attendees of the conference need to be thinking about. I, you know, I, risks is a scary word, but um, Lucia Savage, who is the Chief Privacy Officer for ONC, is going to be one of our keynotes, and she's going to be talking about um, data privacy issues, which are um, obviously very important and, and, and impact all segments of our industry, regardless of which uh, kind of which vertical you're in. You know, the idea of, of, of privacy, and, and, and you know, we've all heard a lot about uh, data security breaches in healthcare and um, you know, while internally I'm sure folks' organizations are doing a lot to say how do we avoid that, the reality is it's going to happen. Um, and so kind of what are the policy impacts of that? So Lucia is going to be a, a fantastic keynote for us. Um, and then, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of, uh, uh, in addition to policy, and we're really, really excited about this, you know, we are, we are on the cusp of a big election year, um, obviously, in 2016. And um, you know, by November, uh, when the forum happens, we're going to be in the throes of, of kind of early primary season. I guess, you know, the primaries will start in, I think, uh, you know, early January, typically. Um, I'm sure, you know, we're all following the, the, the presidential races on both sides. And we have two really, really um, accomplished and entertaining political pundits who are going to kick off our conference with um, a really – uh, entertaining look at what's happening in 2016. And so um, Eleanor Clift, who is very well known and, and probably known to everyone who's listening out there today, um, Eleanor is, uh, you know, longtime Washington journalist, um, very, you know, well known for being on the McLaughlin Group on PBS for years and years, uh, has also been a contributor to Newsweek and MSNBC and currently the Daily Beast. Um, Eleanor and uh, Mark Siegel, and Mark, uh, Mark is a longtime political uh, analyst, lobbyist, former executive director of the Democratic National Committee, um, a professor 
the two of them are going to, um, as I said, kick off the conference with um, a look at the 2016 political landscape and what's happening in the in the presidential election on both the Republican and Democratic sides, what's happening in, in the congressional elections as as the Republicans try to retain control of both houses and you know and, and you know broadly but also specifically what is the impact that health care and population health will have on the election and you know we're all there's still a lot of um, you know we're still fighting over the ACA and implementation of ACA and should it be repealed or should it be uh, changed and you know and then w- w- what happens in the election and what's going to be the impact on the healthcare industry there so we're really really excited about about uh, Eleanor and Mark's session um, it's going to I mean that's going to be something that that people aren't going to want to miss because it's going to be it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it sounds great. On you know, Pop Health Week, we've been focusing on this whole idea of you know providers and population health ACOs, and this really all grew out of Washington and the ACA. And so now it's an opportunity for individuals to come in and hear from these experts about things that are going to impact the industry and the potential growth curve, utilization of population health, how it's done. Um, from some some real experts. I know also that one of the issues that that m- many in the industry have faced, particularly in the space, has been these EEOC uh, lawsuits against some companies, and, and that's ongoing now, and the Population Health Alliance obviously has been very active in that arena. Can you talk a little bit about the EEOC issue, and I understand that's going to be addressed at the forum as well? Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, um, the um, the future of employers being able to provide incentives for participation in worksite wellness programs, um, you know, is a is one of, if not the hottest uh, policy issue in our industry right now. There's been a lot of activity um, between uh, in the U.S. in the U.S. Senate, the Senate Help Committee, chaired by uh, Senator Lamar Alexander. Um, has uh, introduced some legislation around the subject. Um, a lot of that stemming from some um, lawsuits that were filed by the EEOC against employers who were implementing um, implementing incentive programs, and that's you know that that continues to play itself out, and it'll be it'll be further along certainly by November, and we'll be able to report out on where that is. But we are going to spend. Um, some dedicated time both in our executive institute, um, and the executive institute is happening on Monday afternoon, November 2nd, uh, before, the, before the, the forum proper kicks off on Monday evening, but uh, we have an executive institute on, on Monday afternoon where we're going to spend a lot of time on the topic of incentives, um, both from a, uh, you know, why are they in play and, and, and you know, what's the value to what are the policy implications. Um, and we're also going to be addressing uh, um, this issue in our keynotes as well. So we're, um, we're waiting on a couple of final confirmations and, and, and uh, you know, official, uh, official letters to come in, but we're going to be, uh, we're going to be addressing that issue in a, in a significant way in one of our keynotes as well. Fantastic. I know there's a ton of areas we can go into with the forum, and we're going to be continuing this series um, to to delve into some of those. But perhaps, Chris, let me ask you, this, what I found it most interesting, and I'd love to get your comments on it, is the opportunity to network. Perhaps touch on that. 
Yeah, I mean, we we really I agree with you, Fred, and and it's it's really wonderful to get everybody together from all of these different segments of our industry to talk about their experiences and and um, you know one of the things that we love to do, of course, is bring buyers and sellers together, right? Because you've got a lot of people who are providing the tools that people doing population health management need, and so it's it's a, a really great opportunity for people to learn about the new things that are out there and the new ways to do population health more efficiently and effectively. Some of that is through the exhibitors in the exhibit hall. Some of it is through just the social networking that we make available through the receptions and the various breaks that we offer throughout the forum. So I think the networking is a is a great um, great opportunity for people coming to meet other people in the industry to hear what's going on uh, you know, what's new, what's innovative. And uh, I think we're going to really provide people with a great opportunity for learning and, and some real practical, real world experience, whether it's learning it from your colleagues sitting around a, you know, coffee table or whether it's, um, you know, going to one of our educational sessions or keynotes or the Institute. Lots of great opportunities there. Agree. And the venue will be uh, fantastic this year as well at the Renaissance. I know uh, just being in D.C. is always exciting, but the, the opportunity to pull together providers, payers, vendors, employers in one space and really get a chance to meet experts from throughout the industry has always been a, something I really look forward to. Sean, you you also represent a a very large company in the space. Can you talk about why, from a company perspective, you and I know others in your organization attend the conference? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think um, we're all, I mean, this doesn't apply to my company. It applies to everybody's company. We all get so so busy and so heads down and focused on what we're doing inside of the, the four walls of our own organizations every day, and that's our job. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, that the forum provides an opportunity, again, for people um, of, of various levels inside of my organization, you know, from our, our CEO, uh, you know, on down and, and across our organization, people in our science and research teams, um, our marketing teams, our, our operations teams, opportunities for all of them to lift their head up for a couple of days um, and as Chris said, really be exposed to new ideas, new ways of thinking, to be challenged a little bit, right? It's so, it's so important for, for all of us to challenge ourselves and, and to, you know, to sometimes come to the painful conclusion that maybe, maybe we don't know everything and that maybe there are people out there and maybe there are even our competitors who are doing it better than we are and we, should, we shouldn't be afraid of that. We should learn from that. And so I think it's just a great opportunity for, for folks across – Across my organization, up and down my organization, um, as I said, to kind of lift their heads up and get out there and be exposed to to, to new people, new ideas, and and um, new ways of thinking. Yeah, I think really that as you look at the forum and the organization and what it's built over the years, this really is the place. As population health has gotten this big buzz, if you really want to understand it, the place to do that is to come to the forum because we have 
representatives from companies, whether they're providers, payers, or vendors, or others doing pieces of it, say data analytics or mobile health or some of the newer technologies to really show and demonstrate what's been done and others who are getting into this space, such as providers, should be considering coming to this conference. As we get down to the final two minutes or so, Chris, anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, I mean, I think what we're trying to do, and I keep talking about, you know, this being a, a real practical, um, practical opportunity to learn things. One of the things that I think we're going to showcase, and we're not going to talk about it today specifically, but we've got a really exciting program planned on measurement, particularly as it pertains to wellness programs. I think probably people in your audience have been following that there's a lot of debate going on around wellness measurement and does it work and doesn't it work. And so we're going to have a really exciting session about that and the debate that's going on around it. And I think another thing that we're going to talk about is motivation. What population health management is really about getting people to change their behaviors, getting people to adhere to best practices. And what is it that really motivates people? Is it intrinsic motivation, just, you know, I'm changing because I want to be healthy? Is it extrinsic motivation? I'm changing because my employer is giving me incentive to do that. So some of those kinds of real-world debates about what's important in population health management, we're going to be discussing at the forum. So it's going to be a, a really fun thing to do, but it's also going to have a little bit of debate in it as well. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much, Chris and Sean, for joining us. Really looking forward to attending this year's forum. You can learn more at www.populationhealthalliance.org. And let me turn it back over to you, Greg. And thank you, Fred. That will have to be the last word for today's broadcast. I want to thank our special guests, Chris Selecki and Sean McNamee, for their time and insights today. Do follow PHA on Twitter via at PHA Voice and on the web at www.populationhealthalliance.org. We will do several more shows in this countdown to PHA Forum 2015 series, introducing you to some of the keynote speakers workshops and special interest sessions and more details and schedule to be posted at www.pophealthweek.com don't miss this exceptional industry educational and networking event theme for 2015 is welcome to health population one until then for fred goldstein this is greg masters saying bye now